Welcome to the JR Show podcast. I am your host, JR. On this episode, I got to have a little chat with Chris Brown. He is the front man of Elevation Worship. They have written some of the biggest songs in the history of the church. We're going to talk about one of those songs. It's actually the number one song in the country at this moment, Graves into Gardens. We'll find out how that came to be. Uh, and we'll even talk about a new song they're releasing called Rattle, which is just a worship anthem that you're going to love. Let's get to it. Chris Brown, Elevation Worship, my guest on the JR Show podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you could please put your little paws together for today's guest, uh, Chris from Elevation Worship. How are you, sir? I am amazing, man. I am so good. Thank you for having me. Uh, it has been, uh, I think the last time I had you was a couple of years ago, in face-to-face with, I forget your buddy's name, uh, that's usually with you. John Sal, I remember Yeah, I was actually just talking with uh, with Josh, one of our one of our friends, one of our promoters, and he was... Uh, I was like, man, I think that was the interview I was like 20 minutes late to, and I was so sorry. <laughs> uh, did not plan well. Yeah. You were doing like back-to-back interviews like all day or something. Uh, 30 of them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. God bless you. Hey, we got to start by saying big congrats. I think this is Elevation's first number one single. Is that right, um, with the Graves in the Gardens? It is. It is. We are we, – I don't know. I don't know how to think, man. We're just <laughs> we're very, very thrilled. I mean – it is our first number one. We've, we've had a handful of songs that have gone to radio over the last uh, few years, but this is this is so cool, man. It's such an honor to see it uh, resonate with so many people. That's awesome. We're going to play the newest single coming up in just a little bit, but let's, let's talk Graves into Gardens for a second. This is a two-parter, Chris. Can you just describe just how odd it is to get a number one single for a song meant for a congregation. You know, when Toby Mac writes a number one song, it's like, oh, great. It meant it did what I sought to do, which is to get it on radio and sell a million copies. But when you're writing songs for congregations, but something goes number one, how odd is that? And then if you could just walk me up how Graves into Gardens came to be. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, like, I'm a church kid, uh, well, uh, an adult now, but like I grew up <laughs> in church and just knew early in my life that I wanted to give myself and my life to ministry. So like deep down, my desire has always been, and or, you know, from the time I was a teenager and still is now for God to simply just use me in any way he sees to, to make some type of meaningful deposit, you know, on, on the earth through his church. I grew up in church, in church. Like my dad was a music pastor. I just, my context was I'm in church Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And we lived across the street from the church. Oh wow! So like I was actually in church almost every single day because we didn't have a piano in our house for the longest time. So I would walk across the street and sit down at the piano in the choir. So I'm just saying I've, I've been entrenched in church for the longest time and had a you know, I had an amazing upbringing where I just, I loved the idea of ministry and helping people. But I never really had a dream as like a teenager to have a number one single. It wasn't that I saw my life in, in ministry going that direction. I really just wanted to be used by God. So 
for me to wind up in elevation at elevation, which I've been here 14 years. And I just, when I, when I began here, the church is 15 years old now. It was just, Hey, this is me giving myself to the local church, me being a part of a local ministry that is, is about loving people and that, that loves worship and cares about teaching others how to worship. And so that still is the the mission of our church today, but we've been privileged to, you know, really be writing songs for our congregation, um, to your point, for for years now. And so when we started that song, I guess like a year and a half ago, this is how a lot of our songs start. I'll jump into your part two, if that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of our songs start with um, either a sermon idea from Pastor Stephen. He's an unbelievable songwriter, like to the point where I've known him for years since we were teenagers. And I'm still like, it's just not fair, actually, that you have a preaching gift and you have a great <laughs> songwriting gift. And you can like, he can get up and just lead worship at any point. But anyway, so many of our songs start from uh, sermon ideas or concepts or, you know, something that's kind of, uh, you know, stirring in his spirit or resonating with whatever God's taken him on to, for, for our church. So maybe a couple, a couple years ago, almost a couple years ago, he had this sermon idea called, originally it was called Hearts Are Gardens, and then it turned, morphed into Graves Into Gardens. It was actually like this sermon idea, and he never preached it. Huh. He, he, he just couldn't quite land, like, what the sermon was supposed to be. But he preached another sermon, and at the end of that sermon, and I didn't know any of that stuff. I didn't know he had a, a, a title even sitting on his phone called Graves in the Gardens. But at, at the end of one of his sermons, he says, he's closing it down, and he's kind of at a big rallying point. And he's like, it wasn't a grave. It was a garden. So it's the first time I heard that. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's preaching about resurrection. He's preaching about the potential a seed has and how uh, everything that God can, can uh, do with, you know, with the seed and how we never see its true, true purpose until, you know, God's breathed on it and given it life. And it wasn't a grave. It's a garden. It was a garden. And I was like texting him as soon as we were off stage. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what is that? What is that line? He's like, you think we should write it? I'm like, yes. Yeah. The next week, Brandon Lake was coming in to write for the very first time. We had never written with him. So he comes in, and I'm telling you a really long story, but um, he comes in, and we kind of had this, like, Springsteen slash Tom Petty riff thing going uh, with some chugs and some dun 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 But I think it was originally in 4-4, and this song is in 6-8. And we just got around that energy and I think all of the the content that Pastor Stephen kind of had with the, the content and concept of like that sermon ended up kind of just pouring out into, you know, what turned into to the actual song. And so, so I say all that to say like it even started as a sermon meant for a congregation, turned into a song meant for a congregation. And so to now see it go number one, at radio, I just think it's a beautiful picture of you really never have a clue what God wants to do with with something he, he decides to give you 
or with something that you're meant to steward. You never have a clue like what it might turn into. And um, we recorded that song last January. So almost a year ago, January 15th, 2020. And the, the one of our campuses was completely full. There were 2,600 people in there and, um, it was just so much fun. Like that whole night was so much. I'm not just saying that. Like I was on a high for days after that recording. <laughs> and that particular song, recording it for the first time, it just caught fire. And there was so much joy and energy in the room. So like looking at just the state of the world now in this pandemic and the state of church now and not being able to be in a packed room like that that night feels like if I, if I catch the video from the recording, um, it just feels all the more potent and what was recorded feels all the more, I guess, important for us because and it almost feels like a different lifetime ago, you know, in some right. ways, I'm sure a lot of people can, can relate to that with the way church used to feel versus how it currently is. And, yeah. um, but yeah, man, I, it's just never something we ever, we knew, I remember leaving that writing session and going, I don't care if anybody else likes this song. I really have no clue if anybody else is going to like this song. I like love this song and I just wanted to listen to it over and over. And that doesn't always happen. I don't always like hit repeat or play on songs we leave writing sessions with. And you never know when you write a song, like, if it's going to even connect with people or resonate, all we knew is that like, we loved that song. So it just feels, it feels incredibly, um, you know, special and, and what, what an honor to see it, you know, be this meaningful to people. That's awesome. Let's, let's love on Brandon Lake for a second. All right. He's with Bethel, right? But he goes to your, wait, how, what is the, <laughs> maybe I have that mixed up. Brand, Brandon's, uh, He's just, he's family with so many people. That, that's the easiest way okay. to put it. So um, he, he lives not far from, uh, from here. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's, he lives in Charleston, South Carolina. So that's a three-hour drive. And, yeah, over the last year and some change has uh, just come up for church so much and has really integrated with our team because we're so close. And, of course, like, being in a pandemic when you're three hours apart, that's much easier than, you know, trying to get on a plane and right. make it across country or somewhere else. So, but we just, we connected so well a few years ago when we, when we met and he is just a, a joy bomb and he's, he's in, extremely gifted and, and God's hands on his life. And, and I just, I love, um, I love seeing how he loves on the local church and his family. And so, yeah, man, he's been a gift to, to our ministry over the last year. Um, really cool to partner with him on this song. Well, let me um, bounce off of that by saying, let's say the next Brandon Lake comes to the worship team. And like Brandon, they've got a powerhouse voice. They were meant to be on stage. You know, to me, when I see you leading, I think Chris was born kind of like a Christian Stanfield. You're like, there are certain guys that were born to observe how the spirit is moving in a room and they are not just good vocalists. They were meant to be worship leaders, but then you've got not saying Brandon is not that I'm just saying he is this powerhouse vocal that can step up. How do you guys at elevation deal with 
um, okay, you've got a great voice, but we don't just throw people straight up on stage. Is there some sort of a protocol and a waiting game that happens with very, very talented people, but in regards to moving them into the ministry up on stage? Yeah, well, you know, specific to Brandon's case, um, like I mentioned, he it all started with friendship, and there was a, a lengthy time of, of building a relationship. And then even deeper into that, he actually, like um, Pastor Stephen, again, who writes writes with our ministry, for our ministry, um, he preached at, at a church Brandon was at when Brandon was maybe like 17, and he was leading worship. And uh, it's so funny to hear Brandon tell this story because I don't think Pastor Stephen really has has the um, recollection of it, but he said, you know, the first time we met, he was, Brandon was this teenager leading worship. Pastor Stephen was preaching there. He, I think maybe after service was done or whatever, just went up to Brandon and, you know, put his hand on his, his shoulder and was like, man, like God's got his hand on your life. I see it. And you got a, you know, beautiful, beautiful head of hair, just like <laughs> David, your, com- your complexion's ruddy. <laughs> you know, made some type of joke, right? But it's really it's really cool to see like, wow, like maybe that was 15 years ago or something, yeah. maybe 12 to 15 years ago. And God was already kind of aligning paths a bit to um, even from pastor and Brandon. And so um, with him man, all, all we're ever looking for in our ministry is heart, um, a, a love for the local church, a love to serve people. And then of course, talent. And so, when it comes to if you're going to be on a platform. And so when you kind of get, you know, a lot of that in someone like Brandon, again, his, his heart is gold. And, and we saw that through months and months of building a relationship before he ever even stepped foot on a platform here. Um, That's, that's kind of, I think what we're always hoping for and looking for. All right. Four songs that have come out of Elevation, Come to the Altar, The Blessing, Graves into Gardens, Sea of Victory, which, if you had to pick one, which is your baby? (laughs) Like, there's something about it that, I guess, if you could have only written one of those four, which, or, you know, been a part of the writing process of one of those four, which which would you choose? Oh, God. Honestly, I'm not even thinking twice about it. It would be Graves into Gardens. The song, like... Maybe if you would have caught me right when the pandemic hit in March, it would have been the blessing. Right. Because um, <laughs> we wrote it two weeks prior to that. But Grace in the Gardens is just, I can't not smile still to this day when I'm either leading it or I hear it being played. It's, it's just a, a different song for me personally. That's awesome. If you could just uh, walk me up the song Rattle. Yeah. I mean, Rattle's, <laughs> Rattle's a different animal. Rattle comes from a different band altogether. Not really, but kind of. Um, and I make a joke about that because we we uh, we secretly had have this band called Rat Tail. That when after we <laughs> we wrote we wrote Rattle, we were like, is is this is this fit a quote unquote box? No, it really doesn't. And we love that. All we know is that this song is uh, is just a giant shout fest with substance and it comes from this vision Ezekiel had and uh, and it's all about resurrection 
and that song actually was was written like a few weeks into the pandemic starting. So like it began uh, towards the end of March 2020, and it just wouldn't let up. And Pastor Stephen ended up preaching off of it on Easter Sunday, and that's the first time we ever we had, we wrote it, finished writing it just a couple of days before Easter. And he preached around it Easter Sunday. And there's nobody in the room. If, you know, everybody listening, you know, Easter 2020, the rooms were completely empty. If your church doors were likely shut down, we were just broadcasting online. But we sang it for the first time, and we were nearly knocking knocking everything over that we could find because <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's just got that type of energy, man. But it's... Um, it's just a giant state song. It's all about resurrection and it just is this big release of like, like the chorus hook says, open the grave. I'm coming out. I'm going to live again. And that felt of course, very potent and timely for, for everything that we've been, you know, experiencing and going through. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think it might be the next single. Okay. I kind of hope so. We haven't decided. Yeah. I want to end with this kind of lighthearted one for you. I My name, J-R, is spelled all weird. It's not J and R. It's J-A-Y-A-R. And yep. af- after a bunch of Google searches, I've only found one person really that uses that name. And he's like uh, on a hardcore liberal, like mega liberal podcast on, in Southern California. He's very angry and curses a lot. And I have no clue who he is. <laughs> All I know is if you search J-A-Y-A-R, you're going to get that guy or you're going to get a Christian radio host in the Southeast. Two polar opposites. So there is a Chris Brown with your name that uh, how often, you know, uh, hip hop superstar got in trouble with the law. Uh, So how often does the Chris Brown rapper, uh, his fans, you know, enter your sphere? Often enough. <laughs> you know, when when I make dinner reservations for me and my wife to go out on a date and we show up at the restaurant and I'm just trying to have a good time at a nice restaurant with my wife and you know, I go up and I say, you know, my name. They look up and they're like the look of disappointment on their face because they thought in their ledger Chris Brown was the other guy was actually going to be sh- turning up in Charlotte, North Carolina at their restaurant that night. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of the biggest letdown to my name. Yeah. Um, it, it happened. It happens enough, but okay. uh, you know, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> uh, although it's not like a weird name, there's probably millions of Chris Browns there's all over the country. There's gotta be a lot more Chris Browns up there. And all know? of them are feeling the same disappointment every time. Exactly. <laughs> What a shame. Yeah. Hey, I absolutely love the stuff you guys have been putting out, uh, but more important than that, um, your hearts just kind of resonate out of the music that, uh, you know, there's sometimes you hear some worship anthems where you're like, it feels kind of showy, but when you have meet you guys or, you know, hear you talking or singing these songs, you just know that your guys' heartbeats are for, for God and His Spirit and where He wants to go through music. So definitely appreciate that. Thank you, JR. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for the time, Chris. I, I definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Okay, we'll see you down the line. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye. 
Well, there you go. I'm telling you, that guy has been the voice of so many huge anthems that have been sung all over the world at churches. Love his heart. There's uh, He is one of those guys that when you see him in action, you get a chance to talk to him. It's like this guy loves God. Uh, a brilliant singer, brilliant uh, musician as well. So big thank you uh, to Chris Brown of Elevation Worship. Don't forget to be alerted when a new episode has gone up. All you have to do is hit subscribe to the Jero Show podcast. I can tell you this. Next week, the godfather, Toby Mack, is going to be my guest. He's only done two interviews in the past year and a half. This is going to be number three. You won't want to miss it. Follow us on Instagram. And again, don't forget to hit subscribe. Thanks so much. Peace, peace, peace.